Thanks for checking out the PowerPlace audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at The PowerPlace Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you in the house. Uh, I'm Isaiah. This is my wife, Brittany, and we're the lead pastors here at The Power Place, and we're excited about what God's doing in the house. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to be empowered by His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage with your world. What does that look like? Looks like you and me coming together, encountering his presence, being empowered by what we're hearing in the word, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go out and engage with our world. We're gonna, we're gonna be a light unto the darkness. We're gonna go. We're gonna be a voice for the voiceless. We're gonna start to rise up and be who God's called us to be. There's a lot that's going on in our world today. There's a lot of confusion going on. Um, there's a lot of darkness going on. Um, the, the enemy is having a heyday uh, with the world. The enemy loves confusion, and so anytime he can play that card, uh, he will. The devil's main agenda is to divide and conquer. So when he has uh, some leverage in there, he's gonna take full advantage of that, and that's where we as a church, we rise. Uh, on Friday, uh, thank you to the, the church for, for fasting with us and praying. Um, just honestly against the demonic attack on our city. Uh, we, we stand and we rise against. It's, we're not coming against one agenda. We're coming against the agenda, okay? So we're not, we weren't fasting against one thing. We're fasting against it all. Uh, the pastoral staff, uh, we marched uh, around Kennett on Friday and just honestly took ground for him. Uh, could you hear us? No. We silently marched. I, I believe that what the, what the Lord did um, in the Battle of Jericho when the six days prior to the celebration of the walls falling it was a silent march. It was a silent march. So we as a pastoral staff, we marched. It was freezing. We didn't prepare. We were cold. Um, but we marched, and, and we marched, and we took ground. And I, as we were marching, we got down to around uh, the market, the Liberty Place, uh, Market Liberty Place, there it is. And, um, and right as we got around there, I felt a prompting in my spirit that um, every foot we were taking, God was like, I'm giving you ground as you take steps. I'm giving you ground as you take steps. And, uh, and we, we were just, it was kind of funny, you know, you got five guys marching downtown, not saying anything to each other, just kind of walking with like stern faces on because we were taking ground. It's kind of, yeah, anyways, for the onlookers, it was fun. But, but I believe that as we were taking ground, God was handing us, he was handing us the city. He was handing us the city. So we march, we march with authority and he hands you the city. And so um, Pastor Landon, he, he felt 1 John 5, 14 was in his Bible reading and he, he felt to read it to us and he, it says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Come on, that's good. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Not just anything, but things that please him. We're confident of that. I'm confident that when we march, when we pray, when we speak things out, 
with authority, saying, Lord, we're gonna be bold about our faith. Lord, we're gonna be bold in our stance. We're gonna take ground for you. He hears us, and he's like, no, 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 I'm already giving you the ground. I'm already giving you ground. The city is yours. It's yours, and we, we take ground. We take ground forcefully for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're, uh, say what? Yeah, get comfortable. We're here. Uh, so we're, we're excited today. We want to talk to you a little bit about um, the culture of the power place. Uh, we, we believe that culture is everything and that subcultures need to be shut down. So the culture needs to be uh, the thing that's promoted and subcultures need to be shut down. We, we lean into a lot of, of conversations and, and shut little conversations down. You know, we talk often about uh, just being intentional about everything. Being intentional. We talked at the beginning of this year, letting this year, 2023, be an intentional year. Lord, how do you want us to be intentional in 2023? How are we going to take ground intentionally? Not, 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 oh, wow, we, okay, I can't believe it's ours. No, no, no. Intentional planning to take ground for him. And so we're, we're going to do this, and we're, I want us to, to, to pray this. Lord, help me to see what I cannot see. I see a lot, but Lord, help me to see what I can't see. What are the things that you're trying to show me that I maybe have been so distracted that I just haven't seen? Or maybe I've chosen not to see. Lord, show me, help me to see what I can't see. And then, uh, and then ask this question, am I followable? Am I followable? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about uh, the nine core values we here, have here at the Power Place. But I wanna ask you this question, and I want you, I want you to take this question home with you. Am I followable? Uh, I, I think that one of the things that we, we have is, is the, the fact that we can question ourselves often. And I would encourage you to do that. Ask yourself some questions. Am I a followable Christian? Am I someone that if someone follows me, I'm going to lead them somewhere? Or are they gonna come to a wall? Am I someone that if someone chooses to follow me as a Christ follower, that they're actually going to get some depth or are they gonna run into the shallow end and just hang out with me? Like, ask, ask them some deep questions. Ask, Lord, am I, am I a presence over performance Christian or am I the opposite? Lord, am I doing this just for others to see or am I actually deep in your presence? Is this something that I actually encounter you or am I just doing it for show? Uh, like, ask, ask our, our, ourselves some questions uh, this morning during worship. What face am I singing for? Am I singing for the faces around me or am I singing for one face and one face only? Because if so, I might just maybe get lost in his presence when I'm worshiping because I only have one focus and one focus only. And that, that's the thing. Pa- Pastor Jan Anderson, uh, one of our apostolic elders here, she, she leaned into us and she said, there might need to be a season of pruning, and that's okay. Don't hold on to what he's trying to cut. There might need to be a season of pruning, and that's okay. It's okay. Honestly, that's what we were talking about last week with pride being stripped. Pride being stripped. Man, when we lower our pride and say, Lord, are there things you're trying to prune off of me? I know the other ones that I've been holding on to, but are there other things that you've been trying to prune off of me? And allowing the Lord to come in and cut and remove. And not just, not just prune off the tip, but like we're cutting the entire limb off. And it's 
gonna be a little painful and that's okay. And there's gonna be some, some getting used to an adjustment because you can't always go back to that emotion. Because that emotion is your crutch. That emotion is the reason that you're there. That emotion is the reason that you've gone to that space. But Lord, if you get rid of that, I give you full permission and I will, I will readjust my entire life around your pruning. So we wanna, we wanna talk about uh, the nine core values, but first, we have three unique characteristics yeah. here at the Power Place. Yeah, so our first unique characteristics is that we are a presence-driven church, and we say that a lot. And basically what that means is everything we do here revolves around his presence. We, we basically come in with the question, Holy Spirit, do you want to reside here? Do you feel welcome here? Um, we love people, but we love him more. And we want you to feel so welcomed, but we welcome him more. Because yeah. if he doesn't come in the room, this is just a building full of people. If he doesn't come in, a room, in, in the room, there's no conviction. There's no power. There's no authority. And so everything we do here, we're very intentional to make sure that he feels, Holy Spirit, do you want to be here? Are, are, we, are we building something you want to reside in and want to stay in and abide in? Uh, because without him, we're nothing. Yeah. I, I, I love uh, the question that Pastor Lynn talked about this morning in Dream Team. It's a question that we've, we've talked about literally every day <laughs> this week, just as a staff. Lord, are you pleased? Lord, are you pleased? Do you wanna be at my house? Have I created an environment at home that you're pleased with? Do you wanna, do you wanna be in my marriage? Have I created space in my marriage that you actually want to come and be in? Have I created a space with the way I parent my children that you're pleased? Lord, are you pleased? This question has wrecked us as a staff and you need to ask this question in your home. I challenge every man, every woman in this place, ask this question to the Lord. Lord, are you pleased? Is this a place, have we built an environment that you want to come and be in? Because if we haven't, we need to question everything. Question everything. Burn the ships. Like, question it all. Like, we need to question everything. Lord, are you pleased? I, I spent some time in the back last week. I was, I was uh, in the back getting ready to come up and, and worship, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, stay. And he, he prompted my spirit a few times, and I, 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 was, I was worshiping and, and, and looking out, and I just looked over all of you, from the back, sorry. I just looked over and I said, Lord, are you pleased? Is this a house you actually wanna be in? And I felt a little bit of a resistance. I felt a little bit of, of there's some things that need to be adjusted. And, and honestly, that's one of my favorite things to hear. That might not be a negative for you, but for me, it's like, okay, help. How do we adjust these things? What does this look like? How can I tweak this? How can, how can I take one talent and turn it into two talents? How can we, how can we double what we have? How can we take what we, we own and double it? Lord, how can we take your presence and double it? What does that look like in this place? Lord, how do we take our worship from where we are and double it? Lord, how do we do that? I don't wanna just bury, I don't wanna just bury my treasure. Lord, double it, double it. So what does that look like? Lord, are you pleased? Do you even wanna be here? Have we created a space? We're a presence-driven church. We've always been a presence-driven church and we always will be a presence-driven church. None of that will ever change. It's always been about his presence and always will be about his presence. People are secondary to his presence. 
We are secondary to his presence. We come into his presence. And I think when the church finally realizes that and understands that, that his presence is the only thing, we come in for his presence. When we actually understand that, I think that's when breakthrough comes. In every individual home. Not in the entirety, in, in your home. I think his presence, when you actually understand that that's the only reason we come into this place, that's when life change happens for you. Everything is changed from there. Amen. Um, our second unique characteristic that makes us unique is we choose to be generous in everything. We choose to be generous in everything. We say generosity doesn't end with us. And I think sometimes we, we think of generosity as money only, um, but, but I want you to understand that being generous, uh, you can be generous in your time, in your talent, um, with your finances. You can be generous in a lot of things. Uh, you can be generous with your love. And some of you need to be generous with your love. Stop being stingy with your love. Um, you need to be uh, generous with your forgiveness. Some of you have been stingy with your forgiveness and the Lord wants you to forgive. Well, how many times? 77 times, 77, 70 times, 77, 77. Whatever the verse is, that one. Yeah, how many times? A lot. Don't be concerned with the number. Just be concerned, are you forgiving enough? Are you forgiving enough? So we're generous in everything. And then the third characteristic, unique characteristic, is we choose bold, untamed faith. Bold, untamed faith. We don't live by what we see or feel. We live by the word of the Lord. We don't, we don't live by what we see we don't live by what we feel. We don't live by a doctor's note. We live by the promise of God. Well, what if something bad happens? That bad doesn't shake my faith because Jesus saved me and faith keeps me. So the distractions of this world don't get me down. I just always go back to faith. My concern is not the things around me. My concern is him. And he brings all the answers. And so my bold, untamed faith, it's the thing that drives me. It's the thing, Jesus found me, my faith drives me. It's the thing that brings me close to him and says, Lord, I just want you. Are you pleased? I just want you. Are you pleased? Do you wanna be around me? Have I been a good son? Have I been a good father? Have I been a good husband? Are you pleased? My faith keeps me near. And everything else falls apart. Amen. We have nine core values here. You ready? Honor. We say honor up, honor down, honor all around. In 1 Peter 2.17, it says, respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Respect everyone. That's annoying sometimes. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's not a good verse. That, that, one, that one hurts. Respect everyone. Lord, are you sure? Are you, are you sure about this? Remember, everything in this house, we go back to the word of God. So everything we build, we build on the truth of the word of God. So our nine core values come from the word of God. So honor, we say honor up, honor down, honor all around. Respect everyone. It's tough. This is a tough one. But when we choose honor, we all of a sudden understand why God shows us to respect everyone. Because all of a sudden, things start to happen. When you show honor, it, 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 it wrecks the room. 
That's why we, we, we call all of our pastors, we, Pastor Landon, Pastor Billy, we, we, we respect and honor our, our leadership. And we call them uh, uh, what their title is. They're in this house, they're a pastor. And so Pastor Billy, Pastor Landon, Pastor Luke, Pastor Jeremy. Why? Because we're addressing them with honor. We're honoring who they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, and so what we do is we place honor, and when we place honor, God places his honor. And it's so good. And so we say honor, honor up, honor down, honor all around. That's good. And we not only honor people, but we honor God. And one of, um, one of the ways we honor the Lord is in our worship. You know, it's being, well, you guys hear us talk about being undignified in your praise, in your worship. If we invite him in the room. So to then, like if you had someone over to your house, if you had a guest over to your house, would you just sit on the couch and just blankly stare at them? the whole time they were at your house. No, you would engage with them. So we say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Please come. So when he comes into the room, we engage with him. And you see some of us, you may see people jumping, dancing, shouting, spinning. You have no idea, though, what God has set them free from. When I jump and when I praise, you have no idea the years that I was bound, the years that I was depressed and anxious and sick and intimidated and full of fear. You have no idea what Jesus freed me from. He brought freedom to my life, so how can I not give back to him? How can I not give him all my worship for what he did for me, how he set me free? When he comes into the room, I'm gonna engage with him. You all disappear, I love you all, but you all literally disappear. It's just me and him. It's, I would rather look like a fool before man mm. than wonder what my praise could have done or wonder what my faith could have done. It's good. It's and good. so that's what we talk about. When we talk about being undignified, it's not just something cute we say or jump because the music's great. It's great. It's we are engaging with him. We are engaging with the one who set us free. Mm. That's good. That's good. Pastor Greg, my father, uh, wrote a song for the Power Place Academy on, on, uh, for Wednesday. And it's been a going around my house. Everybody, all my children sing it. And uh, it's stuck in my head. It just, it, I'll sing it for you because it reminds me of Willy Wonka and I just really like the whole <laughs> movie side. <laughs> he goes, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am God's design. So the simple, the simple tag uh, line for God, understanding that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you understand that, you can come into his presence and align with him. When you actually understand who he is for you and who you are in him, everything changes. It's no more of this thing coming into the house of God and not being able to worship because you're unworthy. No, 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 I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So when I understand that, everything else gets deleted and it's just me and him in the room because now I actually put my, myself in a place where I'm worthy of praising him and Lord, you actually want me to praise you. So when that happens, there's like this, this alignment that happens and this beautiful praise breaks out because it's just you and the Father in the room. It's a beautiful thing. So learn the song, it's coming out. He's releasing it on Spotify. It's going to be great. 
Oh, my. Uh, value number two is truth. Uh, we say absolute truth equals complete freedom. Well, we teach our academy kids these two, and so you have to say that one like break or smack. He says absolute, uh, no, obedience is key to life. We'll get to that one. Sorry. <laughs> Hold me till obedience. He does say absolute truth is complete freedom now. Okay, so you need to know the truth of God's word, and you need to allow God's word to literally wash over you every single yeah. day. You need to keep your mindful. This is why we say daily encounters. Daily encounter the yep. Lord daily, whatever that might look like for you. It might be in your morning workout, which we all know I'm not doing. Uh, it could be in your morning car ride to work with worship music blasting. It could be whatever, what, whatever that is for you to connect with the Lord. You need to keep your mind so full of who Jesus is, because if you leave your mind empty, the enemy will fill it. Yeah. He will fill what you leave empty. And so, so keep yourself so full of him. John 8, 32 says, uh, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because the level of truth you have determines the level of freedom you have. That's you good. have to know the truth of God's word. It reigns supreme, it is everything. It is your lifeline. It is, it, it is everything to us as Christians. And um, uh, you, you, you've heard Pastor Greg talk about it before. We, um, Isaiah and I went through a, about a 10-year battle with um, someone that hosted the Jezebel spirit. And we didn't know what it was at the time, but it was a, a really uh, oppressive time in our lives. Um, this spirit works through intimidation and fear and control. I don't know if you know anyone like that, thinking of someone right now in your mind. Um, but we went through this, and the Lord, uh, actually at the end of that time, the Lord actually removed the people and all who was influenced by this spirit, completely removed it from this church, from our lives. And uh, it was incredible. The Lord completely removed the, the people that were causing this dissension in this house. And um, after it was gone, I was kind of left with like the, all the aftermath. And um, I still didn't feel free. Like I couldn't understand why I still felt still kind of fearful and still a little bit intimidated. And, uh, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and he said, because I had gotten so weary after 10 years of battling this, he said, Brittany, you put down your sword. Pick up your sword and get back yeah. in the fight. Yeah. And I didn't realize that the 10 years had worn me out and I put down my sword for a time. And so I picked it back up and I just devoured the word of God. I wanted to know the truth of what it said and his word said that he set me free. And so I started acting different. I started talking different. I started talking like I was free. I started worshiping like I was free. I started acting like I was free. And one night in my car, wasn't in a church service, no one laid their hands on me, which I love, but I was in my car listening to worship. Every, every worship song I listened to was about freedom. And I was in my car and I was driving here for a, a prayer service and in my car on the way here, uh, that spirit of fear broke off of me. And that was, oh my, years ago. And it, it never again attached itself to my life. It yeah. broke. I felt it physically break off of my life. And I just started to laugh. I was like, oh, this is so cool. But 
It's until you find that level of truth that you can tap into that level of freedom. So good. So stay full of the truth of the word of God. So good. So if you've laid down your sword, pick it back up. It's time to fight. Remember, we're in the month of March. It's marching season. Uh, we're marching. We, we, are, we are not stopping. We're marching. And um, this is the month we march. We march on purpose, not just steps. Not just steps. We're not just, we're not just walking. We're taking ground. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So we talk about absolute truth equals complete freedom. Absolute truth is in the word of God and he'll actually bring truth to your mind about what's going on in you. So he can reveal things to you about what you need to shift and change. And so, you know, we, when we talk about truth, we're like, man, let's, let's get truthful before the Father. Lord, what do I need to lay down? What do I need? It all starts with you. Everything always starts with you. Your breakthrough, it starts with you. It, it doesn't start with God. God, God is, he, it, he's already ready. He's been ready. He's been in the go season. He didn't need a ready, set, go message to get him ready to go. He's going. He's already going. You've just stepped out of the flow of the Holy Spirit with that little thing that's like getting you hung up. And he's like, hey, when are you coming back? I'm here. I'm ready. I'm waiting. And so what is, what is that one thing for you that you need to, hey, Lord, reveal. Look, show me. Show me. What, what do I need to shift? What do I need to change to, to get into complete alignment um, with you? Uh, third value is stewardship. We say, don't be a... Stupid steward. My children love this one because we don't say stupid. She's like, you know, Sloan. She's like, oh, every time. It's great. Um, Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So I would say search your heart. What's there? That's what you're stewarding well. What's in your heart? What's there? That's what you're choosing to steward well. Are you stewarding your talent well? Is that making you good money? Then you're probably stewarding it well. But where's your relationship with God? Are you stewarding that one well? Or do I have to search a little deeper in your heart to find that one? Is that one just on the surface? Is that one just a little out, out on the, it's just on the corner? When we say steward everything well, everything. When we talk about stewarding your finances, steward your finances well. Your first fruits Give your first, give your time, all that stuff. We talk about stewarding money so much because our lives have been wrecked, changed, transformed, rejuvenated, refined, everything through obedience. Through obedience. Not through stinginess, through good stewardship. And when we steward that stuff well, things happen. We talk about stewarding your time. Steward your time well. Uh, We were just having a conversation yesterday with someone talking about stewarding your time. You know, for us as a staff, we, we Sabbath. It's one of the, it's one of the commands, yeah. Sabbath. And it's one thing that, you know, it's so easy to, to get rid of, but you need to Sabbath. Yeah. You need to relax. You need to have a day where you disconnect and rejuvenate, get ready, get in his presence and say, Lord, today is only about you. Whatever you want to do, it's yours. Yeah. And so you have that, you have that moment. So we, we choose to steward everything yeah. well. And you need to, you know, value God's timing and value your time enough, too, that you don't let the wrong people waste your time. 
Ooh. that you don't let the wrong people come in and suck the life out of you and waste mm -hmm. your time. And that's why it is important that you detach and Sabbath every single week and take that rest time, pull away, reconnect with your spouse, your kids. You know, yes, we are in ministry together, but my first ministry is my husband and my babies. And that's how it's been from the minute I became a mother. I said, my, the, my job from the Lord is to steward my husband and my children. And they come before anything. So I steward that. They are my ministry. So parents, your children, they are your first ministry. Before right. you do anything else or reach out or do any other good thing, your family is your ministry. That's good. And so make sure you're not allowing people to come in and to, you know, put a little divide there or not value your time. So good. I used to have a person on my phone that I put their name as don't answer. I'm just being real. I mean, we're, we do real here, so I just wanted to be really real. <laughs> it's been a long time ago. It was I'm, a really long time. It was <laughs> I've grown up since then. <laughs> I remember that. Actually. I was trying to steward myself. <laughs> steward my relationships. <laughs> And be like, oh. babe, who is it? He's like, don't answer. <laughs> I'm not picking up. Oh, dog. my word. That one phone call, you know, I just need five minutes. No, we all know you need more than that. Um, <laughs> wow. Love being real. Um, yeah. Uh, we choose to value excellence in this house. Excellence. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. So when we strive for excellence, we're not, we're not, we're not talking about perfection. We're, we're, we're looking for excellence. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing people. <laughs> Let's be real. He's not looking for a perfect house. He's looking for a willing house that says, hey, listen, I'm willing to lay it all down just to be with you. I'm willing to lay it all down to make your name known, to build your kingdom here on earth. Lord, how do I do that? How do I strive for that? And so whatever you're doing, whether you're eating or drinking, you're working, whoever you're hanging out with, whatever that looks like, strive for excellence. Do it, do it as all for the glory of God. Do it all unto him. And so when you do that, everything always goes back to him. And so he's always the end result. That's amazing. The Lord is always the end result. So when, when, when we're eating as a family, the Lord's always the end result. So where's our conversation? You know, wh where's, where's our home? Is my house a place that the Lord is pleased with? Does he wanna be there? Have I created an environment that he wants to be in? Am I striving for excellence in my marriage? Am I striving for excellence as a father? Am I striving for excellence in my home? What does that look like? And when you do that, you fall into alignment with him and things happen. Our next uh, value is unity, and we say a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, it is Satan's number one job to disunify the church, and he will use fear and offense to do so. Whatever he can use to get you offended and plant a seed of bitterness in your heart, he'll use it all. He will use it. His greatest goal is to stop the advancement of the church. Right. Now, he's cool if we have church. He's great if you come to church. He's great if you read your Bible, as long as you have no power, as long mm. as you have no revelation 
of the authority that you can walk in in wow. Jesus. He's so cool good. with uh, passive, watered-down Christians. He's cool with that. But he's not okay with Christians that step into authority. Mm. And so many people are afraid of the enemy when the enemy is afraid of you. Yeah, that's right. He's afraid of you. That's right. He knows what you house. He knows what you carry. That's right. He knows that he has no power standing against the word of God, and he's afraid of you. And it's time for the church to stand and arise and fight in unity. So good. In unity. Try to find unity in every area of your life. Now, there mm. might be areas in your life where people don't want to step into unity with you, and you have no control over that. And I am all for healthy boundaries with toxic people in your life. The Bible says that the Lord will deal with the wicked. There are the wicked. And so have your healthy boundaries with those people, but try to live in unity with those who will partner with you and say, yeah, we wanna step into unity. That's why unity is so important in this house, in our families, in our staff. It is something we strive for in every single area because when we are a unified front, it causes destruction against yeah. the enemy's camp. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we talk about leaning into intentional conversations because hard conversations lead to hell. And I mean, you can talk to the staff, we do these. This is, this is important for us as a, as a pastoral staff, as a church staff. Um, we wanna make sure that we're calling ourselves to greatness. So if, if we see something that, hey, that was maybe a little off, or maybe this was a little, let, let's talk about that. Why? Because we're bringing to light and exposing things. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the greatest things you can do. Uh, for a lot of you wives, you've just put up with your husbands and you've allowed them to be a certain way because if you come against it, there might be some, some friction, and why would you want that? Let me call you to a place of leaning in to these intentional conversations. It will only make things better. And if there's resistance on the other side, that's on them, not on you. And so, like, we do this in our marriage. It's so good. It's so good to sit down and be like, hey, let's talk about some things right now. Let's expose some things that need to be exposed. And when we expose them, all of a sudden, light's on the darkness, and what does darkness have to do? It has to go. And so now, now we're, we're getting in unity and now we can run together rather than be like, come on, babe, come on. What are we doing here? Why are we even doing this? this there's no point. And, and that, that's how you struggle and you can feel it. You can feel it in a, in a church setting. You can feel it when you walk in the door. You can feel if there's disunity in the staff. You can feel if there's disunity in the congregation. You can walk into a restaurant and feel if there's disunity between the manager and the servers. I won't name some restaurants I went into recently that I felt it, but there's some disunity out there since COVID, okay? Just saying. It's crazy. And so what happens is things start to fall apart. There was one restaurant we used to go to all the time when we dated. It was our restaurant. And, and I mean, everything was amazing. It was, it was incredible. We loved the food. We loved the servers. We loved, we loved everything. It, managed, it was fantastic. We just went again about a month ago. It was crazy. It was awful. It, it smelled like dirty Clorox. <laughs> there you go. It was gross. The servers didn't do a good job. We waited for an hour just for our drinks. Couldn't place an order. Is anybody here? There was nobody in the restaurant. I think we were one of five tables in the entire restaurant. What happened? Unity was gone. Nobody cared. There was no unity. The manager was holding no bar, so nobody had anywhere to go. 
They weren't trying, we, there was a, a, a speaker that spoke a long time ago and talked about holding the crown where you want them to get to. Stop holding the crown down here and let it be easily achieved. Oh, um, they, at least they came to church. No, no, that's, that's a down here. That's standards down here. That's, oh, good job. Way to go. You're doing so good. This is so great. No, start to hold it up. Hey, we're rising. We're getting somewhere. We're calling our kids to greatness. Not, not, just, not just, oh, you're doing good. Good job. Good job. No, no, no. Come on. Come up to the crown. We're going to hold your crown higher so that you have to achieve more for him. And when you do, when you're going and climbing and growing, all of a sudden things start to happen. Man, you say, hey, no, 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 did you see, have you, has anybody served that table over there? Are we holding any kind of like unity in this house? Does anybody want to make money for the restaurant? Anybody? No, you don't care? Well, you're not getting a paycheck then. I'm sorry, go home. Like, there's, is there no standard anymore of excellence? Are we not going to do this thing together? I'm describing a restaurant, but really what I'm describing is your home. And this is how you live on a daily basis. You live, kids, husband, wife, everybody in disunity. And if I walked into your house, it'd be like walking into that restaurant, it'd be mass chaos. I probably wouldn't ever get greeted right, I probably wouldn't be hosted well, and I'd probably leave in mass chaos confusion saying, Lord, only you can help that home. Call your home to greatness. Call your home to full unity. And watch what God does. Another one of our values here is real, real. We say we don't do fake. Second Corinthians 12, nine, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Real. Can we be real with each other? Can we, can we lean into that? that value and say, hey, let's stop doing fake. Let's be a house that's real before the Lord. Let's be a house that strips off the, the, the facade. Yeah. Just wanna be real. Just wanna do real. And here's the thing. If we're being real, people have dealt with real hurt and pain and trauma. I've experienced that firsthand in my life. but God is only good. Mm. And so hear this, don't turn your back on God because of your pain. Don't turn your back on God because of hurt that you've been through because the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you find any of those happening in your life, you know who's attacking you. Mm. But God has come to give you life. He only gives life. He is only good. He's the life giver. So the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But here's the thing. He won't stop at killing and Mm. stealing. He won't stop there. So if you've had that happen to you in your life, if you felt, I've had years stolen from me, stolen from me. I've had loved ones pass. He doesn't want to stop at killing and stealing. He won't be satisfied until you are destroyed. So threefold. Kill, steal, destroy. Yeah. He won't be satisfied until you're, he has destroyed your family, your ministry, your marriage, your calling. So good. And so you can choose to partner with tragedy or you can turn it around and make the enemy wish he never messed with you and your home. Yeah. 
Yeah. You have two options. You can partner with it and you can lick your wounds for the rest of your life. Or you can stand and say, you're gonna be sorry that you ever touched me or my family. Micah 7, 8 says, though I have fallen, I will rise. Yeah. I will rise. And some of you need to declare that over yourself in the season you're in right now, Micah 7, 8. Though I have fallen, I will rise. So good. You will rise. Another one of our values here is health. Daily encounters. <laughs> Daily encounters with the Lord matter. You know the best way to, I'm sorry, did I take something from nope. you? No, I was just, just saying our little tagline. You know the best way to stay healthy is to stay full of joy. Stay full of joy. And I know that sounds so hard to grasp for some of you in the season of life you're in, but let me put it this way then. To stay full of joy, you have to stay full of faith. Mm. You have to stay full of faith. I'm not the, not the kind of faith, not the fake kind of faith that says, my God will. He will, he will, he will, he will. The kind of faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that says, my God can save us and he will save us mm. from this fire, but even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, I'm willing to burn. Yeah. Even if he doesn't, no matter what, no matter what, I'm sticking with him. That kind of faith. If, he, if the enemy can't take you out, he will wear you out. He will do everything in his power to wear you down as a Christian. He can't touch you and he can't take you out. He'll put roadblocks up. He'll devise schemes and plans to just try to wear you down. Mm. I've been there. I've been there. He will try to wear you down. And so that is why it is so important that we say, have a daily encounter with yeah. the Lord. Keep yourself full. Keep picking up your sword. Keep putting those shoes on of peace. I, fi I find it funny that peace is with the shoes because all it takes, you know, if I hit you in the head, doesn't mean you're necessarily going down. But if I trip you up at your feet, you're going straight to the ground. So keep your peace. Don't lose your peace. Don't let him rob you of your peace. Stay full of faith so good. and full of joy. So when we talk about health, uh, for a lot of Christians, this is a holdup because if their health is tampered with, then it's all of a sudden God doesn't care. Or can God? Will God? Is he gonna? Are you sure? How do I, how do I decipher between those that have you know, been here, done that, um, bought the t-shirt, and are gone? What, what, what do I do? What do I do with that? And I think this is a big trip up for a lot of, of Christians, whereas time in his presence, and this is why with health, we put daily encounters with the Lord matter. Because in his presence, you find clarity. You might not even get the answer why, but you find clarity. Because he brings peace. And when he brings peace, it doesn't matter what you just faced or what you walked through, there's peace. And so when you get in his presence, you start talking to him and you start just being with him in those moments, you, you're like, okay, all right, I guess my ailments aren't that bad because you're so good. I guess, I guess that loss isn't so bad because you're so good. I don't understand it. No, 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 I don't understand it. And that doesn't mean it's okay, 
but you're just so good that, it, Lord, it, it's you and only you. And, and everything else just goes to the wayside. It's you. I, I, I believe that God is, is such a good God. And hear me, he is such a good God no matter your circumstances. So if you're shaken over a diagnosis, then I would say question your faith. If a diagnosis shakes your relationship with God, then I would say question your faith. If, if a, a loss or, or something in your family shakes everything with your relationship with God, I would say question your faith. Because do you actually trust him? How, do you actually have a relationship with him? When you're in his presence, do you actually hear his voice? Is he actually communicating with you? In those moments when you're with the Father, that's when he brings complete peace, even amongst the chaos. And this is why when COVID broke out, I, honestly, for me, it was very easy to see the people that had a relationship with God versus the people that questioned their relationship with God. Very easy. It was very easy as an onlooker to be like, well, we know them. I understand where their faith level's at. I mean, it's like, oh, no, we got to run. Everybody's got to run. Everybody in the house, lock it up. Lock it up. Whereas, I mean, God's so good. My faith is in him and nothing else. My faith is not in a diagnosis. Some of you, you got that doctor's card, and that has wrecked your relationship with God. That diagnosis card has wrecked your relationship with God. Whoever the doctor's name is has wrecked your life just because of a diagnosis. And you need to give that to God. You just need to give it to him. Not, not for, Lord, cure this problem. And, and those prayers are good. I love those prayers. But, Lord, I give this to you. I just give it to you, and I'm just gonna continue to glorify your name. What does that look like? That's completely different than what we're used to. Because if God doesn't do it, is he good? Mm-hmm. He is. He is. He does miracle signs and wonders. But even if he doesn't, uh, we, we talk about my, my great-grandfather. You know, prayed for three or four different people that were raised from the dead. That's amazing. That's awesome. Where is he? He's in there. Uh, I'll go in there for a second. They come out just hanging out together. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, they really thought you were God. It's like, what? <laughs> like, that's so cool. But then the moment came where his wife passed and he's standing over the casket praying. And he prayed. And he prayed, like he prayed, like he prayed, okay? Nothing happened. But his, his, his mentality was it must have been her time to go. His, his posture was it must have been her time to go. My faith is not shaken by her not coming back. I'm okay with the result as long as you're okay with it because you're a good God, and I know that, and I don't exemplify you from that. that you're, you're, not, you're, not going to be, you're not gonna be removed from my life just because of a bad situation. And if we as Christians understood this, that he's so good, he's so good, we rely on him let always. Me, let me take you back to Christmas morning for us this year. You know, faith doesn't mean that you're a robot and just, oh, I'm just, everything is so great, and I'm always happy, and everything's going right. Faith is even when it's, when you're walking through the pain. Right, right. Yep. Christmas morning, um, my sister was in the hospital with severe preeclampsia and um, delivered a beautiful but stillborn little girl. 
And I, we went to the hospital, and I remember holding this beautiful little baby, this beautiful little promise. And my sister looked at me, and she said, I don't understand, but I know he's so good. And people say, wow, she's so strong. You guys are so strong. No, she's full of faith. She's, she's got the fullness of faith. Yep. That's what that is. It's not, life is perfect, so we're so full of faith. It's no, no, no. He's so good because I'm so full of faith that I can have joy in the pain. And you still grieve. Grieving is healthy. We're not asking anyone to just walk around with constant happiness. But happiness, you don't want happiness. Happiness comes when something good happens. You want joy. Joy comes even in the middle of the pain. That's right. The joy of the Lord, that's your strength. No, we're not strong, but we're full of faith. So good. Which brings the fullness of joy, which brings your strength. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. That's the kind of faith. Do you know that it's impossible to please God without faith? Mm. He just wants your faith. He just wants to know that no matter what, that you're going to believe him for every promise. You're going to stand on his word. And at the end of the day, you're going to trust him and have complete faith in him. So good. A couple more values to go through. Uh, worship team, you can join us, please. Uh, one of our values here is loud. 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 We say his honor over our dignity. His honor over our dignity. Um, in Joshua 6.20, it says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. This was a command from the Lord that came after silent marching, and this is what I talked about earlier. There's, there's a time and a place for the proper loud. This is why we talk about, you know, the loud chaoticness of the world right now. No, 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 that's not the proper loud. That's not, that's not Holy Spirit uh, uh, welcoming loud. That's not the sound of the shofar blowing. That's not a triumphant noise uh, by, by a congregation that honors the Father. No, no, no. Uh, there's, there's a difference between the loudness and chaos and confusion of the world and the loudness and triumphant noise of the church. And so that trumps the chaos in the world. And so we, we have this thing where we're, 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 we're loud for one reason, to watch walls fall, to watch walls fall. In your life, when we come into worship and we come into praise, we're victorious with our volume. When we sing, we sing praises unto him with clashing cymbals and guitars and I'm going on, okay, like we're triumphant, there's a lot to this thing. It's not just, just small. Like we're, and there's a build, and it's like, let's go, and where are we going, and who's leading this thing? I don't know, but it's great. And then, and then we're, we're charging, we're marching for a, a response from the enemy. Because when we're loud for the right reasons, the response of the enemy is, oh, no, they figured it out. They figured it out. And when we figure it out, when we finally figure it out, when we finally figure out that there is power in our volume, 
that when we come into his presence, we come into his presence with triumphant noise. Like there's this triumph, it's, it's this, we're, charge! Ah! Ah! With the, ah! It's that, okay, those days, it's when we, Fernania! Right? It's, it's that. It's a good movie. Right? Okay? It, you don't need the lion. The lion doesn't need to be present because he is present. Remember, remember, look, remember, remember. You don't need to look and be like, Jesus, are you? Just go. He's there. He's there. He's there. He'll do what he needs to do when he's going to do it, but you've got to start with obedience. You got to start the charge. And so when, when you get into position and we actually do this thing right, there's a triumphant noise that the church carries that the world doesn't know about. It doesn't know about it. And so when they hear it, it rings because all the way back in the womb, when God created them, it's bringing them back to their original state. It's like, I know that sound. I've heard that sound before. I know it isn't common in my life, but feels right. What is this? It feels good. It's a good vibes. It's all everybody can ever say. Man, it just has a good vibe in here. Because that's the world and what that, what that feeling is. So let's just put it on every hoodie and everything everywhere. Good vibes. Well, I, just wanna, I just wanna create good vibes wherever I go. The Holy Spirit is good vibes. <laughs> He's the originator of good vibes. And so, so when we come into his presence, all of a sudden we feel like we're home. It's this thing, it's like, Lord, whew, presence is heavy, but yet it makes me so light. It just feels so right. Last, last uh, value is obedience. We say obedience is the key to life. Or you can say it like Rick or Smack, obedience is the key to life. Every day at the Power Place Academy, they, they say all their values. Obedience, he says, obedience is the key to life. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are waiting on God when God is waiting on you. John 14, 12 says, Jesus says, you will do greater things than me. When he left, he said, you will do greater work than I did. And I think people forget that they carry the authority to do that and the power to do greater things, that you were born and you were made for miracles, signs, and wonders, mm. and to see them here on, the, here on the earth in these last days. We were made to see them. Um, just wanted to hit quickly on obedience just because it's something we did as a staff on Friday. We fasted. Um, we fasted for our city. In Matthew 6, 16, it said, um, it says, when you fast... And so fasting is not a suggestion from God. It's not a, if you want to fast mm. or, hey, you're getting attacked pretty bad, you could fast. He says, when you fast, yeah. which tells me that he's expecting us to align with him and it's to good. fast. And so if you're a Christian, but you have exempted yourself from fasting, I would say that you don't understand true obedience. Wow. And I would say come into unity with this house and with God and his word and come into a season of fasting. Fasting has absolutely changed our lives. We have seen the hand of God move through fasting in incredible ways. We've seen chains 
being broken. But if you've eliminated yourself from that, I say to you, if you don't have power over your stomach, how are you supposed to have power over the demonic? Wow. You can stand strong and say, I will deny my flesh mm. and weaken my flesh to strengthen my spirit. In Matthew, Jesus says, you know, the disciples were trying to cast out a demon and they couldn't. Jesus did. And they said, how? And he said, this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Right. And I will tell you right now, this world is dark. Yep. And there are dark forces. Nothing is personal. Everything is spiritual. And so if you're feeling yourself being attacked, your business, your marriage, your I want to call the church to rise and step into a season of fasting. Yeah. And watch as you deny your flesh. Watch how you strengthen. When you fast, it's like working out your spiritual muscles. I wouldn't know. I don't even work out in the physical. But when you fast, you work those spiritual muscles. There is a city to be won. Mm. There are souls to be saved. There are strongholds that need to be broken in this city. And so I, I call you as a church to rise up and step into a season of fasting with us. Whatever that might look like to you, fasting means to cover your mouth. One meal a week. And see what God does. So see good. how he strengthens you. So see good. how he begins to move. See how you start to walk in supernatural boldness. Mm. You know, don't just look at the people up on the stage and think, oh, that's cool that they can do that. No, you can do that. Yeah. You have it. You can speak. You can stand. You can lead. You have the authority if you want to tap into it. And so be obedient. Step into unity with this house yeah. and into obedience and see what God will do. So good. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 13, and I end here. Uh, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. Come on, can you stand with me over, all over this place? Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with his spirit and his word so that you can engage your world. Here at the Power Place, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life.